Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. and welcome to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Stancato, typically joined by my brother-in-arms, Sky Guasco. Today, though, I'm going to be flying solo as I go over fantasy news and notes from the previous week of NFL football. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram at thecandlestickkids, hashtag TCKpod. What's up, TCK Potters? It's Sky sitting in for Daniel. He is out this week off the pod, so I'll be doing the news and notes for week two. We've got a lot to get into, so let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, well, what we have here, Doctor, is... Um is an extraordinary situation. Is it? Oh, you better believe it. Now you listen to me. I want details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job, I have no place to go, you're not in the mood, well you get in the mood! You stay classy, San Diego. And thanks for stopping by. But mainly, stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. Stay classy, I'm Ron Burgundy. We'll start in Baltimore. Kenneth Dixon, originally set on the IR, but it looks like he does have a chance to come back after week 11, so keep an eye on that, Alex Collins' owners. Hayden Hurst could also return at the tight end position in week four or five. Looks like he's not able to roll this week, but he will be back at practice soon and should be able to suit up in the next couple of weeks. The Ravens are somehow dealing with three tight ends in his place. When he comes back, they should clear a bunch of those out. 
Buck Allen got the goal line carry in his first and goal instead of Alex Collins. This is definitely worrisome for Alex Collins owners and Buck Allen has definitely been solid in the passing game. So keep an eye on that. And another thing to note that Baltimore went empty back sets with first and goal to end the first half. They were kind of running out of time, but they definitely had enough time to run a couple of run plays, but Alex Collins was not in there. So keep an eye on this. If you're an Alex Collins owner, John Brown has tied with uh, Michael Crabtree with 10 targets in week two, both were definitely heavily used. However, John Brown made the most of it with uh, two touchdowns and John Brown was able to make an insane grab, kind of a lucky grab on 45 yard pass that was underthrown by Flacco and should have been intercepted, but John Brown did come down with it. So keep an eye on that receiving core there. John Brown getting the bulk of the work now though, and Crabtree more of a uh, possession receiver. Heading into Cincinnati, running back Trey Carson was placed on injured reserve. Not much for fantasy value, but I bring it up because the uh, Bengals are already without Joe Mixon for the next month, and it looks like they picked up Thomas Rawls, trying to get him another spark here after a handful of injuries over the last couple of years. Also look for backup um, Mark Walton to uh, be right behind Gio Bernard in Mixon's absence. Um, according to Ian Rappaport, Mixon is set to miss. It's looking definitely closer to four weeks to make sure that he is good to go before he comes back. And it looks looking definitely closer to four weeks to make sure that he is good to go before he comes back. And it looks like a similar knee scope that Sony Michelle has had to deal with since August. And he uh, was back on the field this week for New England. So Mixon should hopefully be back within the next month. Gio Bernard in Mixon's place over the last um, season. Uh, has had some pretty solid games, averaging 113 yards on 21 touches and seven targets per game. So he's a hard, high RB2 um, with RB1 upside. So acquire him if you can, if you're the mixing owner, and sell high if you're the geo owner selling to the mixing owner. And one more um, note on the Bengals side, center Billy Price has a foot sprain. He's out at least two weeks, which is definitely going to affect the run game there with an already kind of uh, shoddy uh, Bengals offensive line. Heading to Carolina, Christian McCaffrey is a workhorse, simply put. I just wanted to mention that he is certainly getting all of the touches. Um, C.J. Anderson, who we'll get to in just a second, is uh, a little-known factor here. So um, fire up McCaffrey every single week like you are already. But C.J. Uh, Anderson is just uh, 10 carries for 64 yards in the first two games. Um, he's not an option right now outside of a McCaffrey injury. Rookie D.J. Moore caught his first NFL touchdown, and Ron Rivera – mentioned that the team needs to get him more touches. Obviously, as he is, uh, in my mind, clearly the best pass-catching option for Carolina right now with Greg Olson out and Funchess not being uh, too spectacular, in my opinion. Tight end Ian Thomas did not fill in very adequately for Greg Olson, um, and he dropped a 17-yard would-be touchdown. So he has no fantasy relevance as of now. And Greg Olson is actually saying that he is looking to play through his Jones fracture on his foot uh, within the next four to five weeks. So keep an eye on that. I'm not super confident at 33 years old that he can come back, but let's keep an eye there. Jarius Wright uh, was Cam's third down target mostly, and Funches struggled until the second half. Um, so be cautious with all of the Carolina pass catchers right now outside of DJ Moore, who I can see emerging in the next couple of weeks. Cam Newton was seemingly concussed late in the first half after taking an illegal hit by Atlanta safety DeMonte Kazee. Um, Kazi was ejected from the game from the hit, and uh, apparently Cam Newton 
went off the field and passed the concussion protocol uh, and came back in to finish the game. It was actually pretty solid to finish the game, but this worries me for sure. Um, he's putting his body on the line, as I mentioned early in the preseason, and taking big hits. But also, I'm not too sure that the team dismisses his head injuries. Uh, we've seen in the past that he's been visibly shaken up and woozy, uh, but returns after just a short stint on the sidelines. Um, so monitor uh, Cam Newton moving moving forward. He seems to be fine, but um, this is what I'm talking about with those big hits. He's just one away, in my opinion. On the Atlanta side, Devonta Freeman is set to miss three to four weeks, according to Adam Schefter. Um, he's ag aver aggravated his MCL, PCL uh, injury from last season. So Tevin Coleman is definitely a must-start weekly. And also uh, Ito Smith um, is stepping into that Tevin Coleman role. Uh, quick note, Calvin Ridley was second on the team behind only Julio Jones and targets in week two. He also um, got his first NFL touchdown as well. Um, and he looks to be the... Uh, quickly emerging as the Atlanta number two receiver moving forward in Los Angeles for the chargers. Um, Gordon, Melvin Gordon faced kind of a minor injury on Sunday, um, sat out most of the fourth quarter, but it looks like it was just simply uh, soreness dealing with the heat and uh, battling kind of some upper body uh, ailments, but nothing, nothing too severe. He should definitely be playing this week. And Eckler is going nowhere and definitely has value. Uh, with or without Gordon in the lineup. But if Gordon should miss any time, Eckler becomes an RB1, in my opinion. Mike Williams got his first NFL touchdown as well. Big day for rookie receivers. And he should continue to grow into that Chargers uh, number two receiver. Travis Benjamin is dealing with a foot injury. And um, Terrell Williams is also a little bit hobbled as well. So uh, keep an eye on Mike Williams to emerge quickly as the number two receiver. I've been touting him all offseason as well. So go get him if he's still available or make a low end trade. And Joey Bosa will miss the next at least three weeks with a surgery not ruled out just yet. So it's been a tough offseason and beginning of the season for that um, Joey Bosa uh, situation on the defensive line for the Chargers. So keep an eye there. Um, for those of you starting the Chargers defense. On the Buffalo side, just a few notes here. Um, Josh Allen made his first start. Uh, I mentioned on last episode, wasn't super sexy, but I want to give him a big up for getting in the in the game and at least getting the, the Buffalo Bills on the board. So he went 18 for 32, 18 for 33, excuse me, uh, 245, a touchdown and two picks. Shady McCoy is dealing with some cracked rib cartilage, but is on track to play Sunday, apparently. Um, I would just sit him, period. If you have Shane McCoy, don't play him against Minnesota Vikings. He's going to get destroyed anyway, and he's not 100%. Um, I would get rid of Shane McCoy in general. I've been saying that all offseason as well. So get into that um, and get rid of him as soon as possible. I'd maybe do a Shane McCoy for Tevin Coleman, I think would be a great trade right now. Um, Kelvin Benjamin is a little bit dinged up and not looking uh, very amazing anyway. Um, I don't want anything to do with this uh, Buffalo offense. And another note, Vontae Davis, uh, defensive back for the Bills, retired at halftime on Sunday. The Bills are an absolute mess. Heading to Cleveland, Josh Gordon traded to the Patriots. We know that by now. Um, and they signed possession receiver Rod Streeter in Gordon's place. Antonio Callaway is stepping in as the number one receiver in Cleveland. And it looks like uh, Jarvis Landry should play on Sunday, but he definitely – or Thursday, excuse me, a Thursday night game versus the Jets – um, but he has a lingering knee injury as well, but he he should be on track to play. Uh, but keep an eye tonight and tomorrow on Landry. Duke Johnson's role seems to be slimming a little bit, but Hugh Jackson mentioned that he needs to get 
Duke Johnson more touches moving forward, which is, again, another obvious coach speak. Um, he's one of the best playmakers on the offense. They need to get him the ball. Uh, Carlos Hyde has seen 38 of the 50 carries through the two weeks. He's definitely the bell cow there, um, although not doing a terrible amount of work with the uh, uh, with the workload, but um, he is he's certainly getting the bulk of the snaps as of now for the running back position. And a kicker note here, they signed Greg Joseph, an undrafted free agent from Florida Atlantic, who converted a uh, pretty pretty subpar 65% of his field goals. So good luck with that, Browns. But they released Zane Gonzalez after missing a handful of field goals um, and two options to win over the last couple of weeks. Heading into New Orleans, Look at Ted Ginn this week as a potential deep sleeper, a deep play, definitely in DFS as he plays much, much better in the uh, Dome in New Orleans. And Ben Watson has been off to a slow start, uh, but he missed an opportunity for a, a wide-open touchdown. Drew Brees just overthrew him, and uh, I see them clicking like old times, so he can definitely be a potential tight end, too, if you need him. In Minnesota, Dalvin Cook is practicing today, Wednesday, so he should be on uh, on track to play. On Sunday, he uh, came off the field in overtime last week against Green Bay with a strained hamstring, um, but he seems to be he seems to be all right. Latavius Murray right now is just a handcuff. He is definitely cutting into the workload, but not doing much with it. So keep an eye there. If Dalvin Cook were to miss, Latavius Murray obviously is a slot in um, high end RB two potential RB one, depending on Dalvin Cook's situation. Carlson, their kicker, missed three field goals, including the potential game winner last week. So he was released, and they have signed Dan Bailey, who still was unsigned somehow after a week in the NFL. So Dan Bailey has been picked up by the Minnesota Vikings, and Dan Bailey is quite literally one of the most accurate kickers of all time with a second-best conversion rate of 88.2%. So go pick him up ASAP unless you have maybe a, a Goskowski um, or you know one of these other uh, big kickers like Tucker or um, you know Prater or somebody like that who's a big bomber. So uh, if, if um, Dan Bailey is available and you're in a kicker league, go get him. They've also signed wide receiver Aldrick Robinson, to potentially replace Laquan Treadwell, who did catch a touchdown last week, but looks pretty pitiful. I watched a lot of that game, and uh, he was dropping passes right to him, dropping slants, getting really hard on himself. You could just see body language. He's definitely out of sorts. So, unfortunately, I think Laquan Treadwell's run in the NFL may be coming to an end here pretty quickly. On the Green Bay side, Aaron Jones will be active and on the roster and potentially playing this week, week three, I'm super stoked as you've been listening on the podcast to Aaron Jones coming up here, but I don't see him being a huge factor in week three. I think they're going to get him on the field, get his feet back underneath him, get him a couple touches, let him get hit, um, get some work out of there, do the three-headed monster for maybe a week or two. But once Tom Montgomery and Jamal Williams can't keep up like they haven't been able to, I see Aaron Jones taking over in the next few weeks. So keep an eye on that. If you can buy Aaron Jones low right now, go get him. Aaron Rodgers is also set to play. He's a bit sore, but he should be fine versus Washington. Uh, Geronimo Allison is still technically the third receiver for Green Bay, but I definitely believe that he's the number two receiver, and he's certainly acting like it with some great plays down the field. Aaron Rodgers loves him, and he trusts him, and uh, I think Cobb has lost his step, so keep an eye on Geronimo Allison. And also Jimmy Graham had a nice game, but be careful here. Um, if he doesn't catch a touchdown, he'll have pretty pedestrian numbers. So he had a nice game in the stat sheet this week, but if he doesn't catch that touchdown, he'll probably have low numbers for the tight end position. Heading into Houston, Will Fuller is the truth. 
Uh, he picked up where he left off last year with an eight catches for 113 in the air and a touchdown. Him and Deshaun Watson are just unbelievable. So he's going to have boomer bust games. But so far with those two, it's been mostly boom. So if you can go grab Will Fuller, if he's somehow on your waivers, go get him. Um, but if you can buy him low, I would do that. On the Tennessee side, Mariota was active last week but did not play. Uh, they just wanted to make sure he was fully healthy and he would only going to play in an emergency situation. So he unfortunately had to watch Blaine Gabbert go out and get a pathetic win. So they did get the W in Tennessee, but barely. Uh, Gabbert looked horrible. And um, kind of concerning, Mike Vrabel said, quote, there are still throws Mariota can't make, end quote, which is just not something you want to hear the coach say to call out a player. And it's one thing if it's a behavioral issue it's or it's, you know, trying to pick up his game. But this is straight up just knocking his ability um, or attentiveness to the to the team in the playbook, which I don't like to hear. So I'm, I love Mariota. Everyone knows that. Um, but I'm definitely concerned about the situation right now currently for the Titans. And they're playing Jacksonville next weekend. So don't put him in your lineup, whether he plays or not. Rashard Matthews has been a non-factor so far, so keep an eye on that. Corey Davis has done pretty decently, um, and Taewon Taylor has done well, but uh, keep an eye on, on Rashard Matthews. He hasn't done much so far. And another note, I mentioned this yesterday, but Jonu Smith filling in for Delaney Walker at tight end has not been uh, targeted um, in that uh, week two matchup, so um, we're not really sure what's going on there at the tight end position. It was kind of a dismal day all the way around for Blaine Gabbard in that offense, though, so we'll see moving forward. And they were also down two offensive linemen that were inactive, for the Titans, Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewan. Um, and Henry has only or had only basically 3.1 yards per carry, and Lewis had three yards per carry. Um, so neither really stood out there. So be careful with that backfield in Tennessee. In Indianapolis, uh, Eric Ebron is basically a touchdown or bust tight, tight end, in my opinion. He only has three catches. Um, and a touchdown, uh, but no catches in the second half at all on Sunday. Jack Doyle is kind of slipping out of that guaranteed number one position in Indianapolis as well. So these guys are really kind of a toss-up. Um, and uh, I think I'll, I'll let, uh, you know, Daniel stick up for one of these two guys as he's he's been going for the Colts offense. But I'm staying away from him personally. Marlon Mack did play, did come back and play, but he only had uh, 10 carries for 34 yards. And Wilkins and Hines kind of took over in the second half. So this is a three-headed monster, as we predicted. So I'm, I'm sticking away from that as well. In Washington, Rob Kelly, unfortunately, has been placed on the IR. He wasn't doing much this season, but he's, you know, just kind of had a rough, rough luck here in the NFL with uh, fumbles of getting benched and being taken over his job and getting hurt and everything else. So um, Fat Rob, unfortunately, is on the IR with a toe injury, and they signed wide receiver Michael Floyd and Brashad Perryman out of uh, Baltimore. So Washington trying to find some answers here quickly. In Kansas City, Mahomes. Everyone knows about Mahomes. Curley's been super high on Mahomes. We'll hear from him tomorrow. But Mahomes set an NFL record with 10 touchdowns in his first two games of a season. Unbelievable. Four in his first game, six last week versus Pittsburgh. So if you got Mahomes, you're firing him up. DB Eric Berry could return in the next couple of weeks. The Chiefs defense has given up 860 passing yards and six touchdowns. They're horrendous. If you're playing against the Chiefs defense, fire up all of your offensive weapons. In Pittsburgh, I'm not going to talk about the reports of A.B. missing, uh, you know, practice uh, Monday, Tuesday and not reporting and things like that. I think he was just kind of uh, huffing and puffing 
um, and, you know, kind of being a drama queen, as I mentioned, uh, I love AB. He's my dude, but um, he's he's definitely a diva receiver. And uh, so he was not there Monday, Tuesday, but um, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, I think what is concerning is that he had a lingering calf issue he was battling through in the second half of last week's game, uh, which um, he had 19 targets, which is ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but you know, Juju is also eating as well. So keep an eye on that moving forward. But I'm not worried about behavioral issues with uh, with Antonio Brown. Joe Hayden should be back after missing a game against the Chiefs as a, at the defensive back position. So that'll definitely help out this porous um, Steeler defense. But they looked real bad. I mean, Mahomes is great, but yikes, they look they look pretty messy. Um, the Steelers did last week. So hopefully that'll help out in week three. James Washington played 80% of the snaps last week. Um, and again, if AB were to miss any time or something were to happen to Juju, James Washington looks great. And he was, uh, you know, one of my bold predictions was that he was going to outscore Juju. I don't know if that's going to happen without an injury to Antonio Brown or Juju, but um, he looks really, really good. And Big Ben loves him. So pick him up ASAP if he's off waivers. Uh, Juju. Set new career highs in targets and catches last week with A.B. hobbled on that calf issue. So if A.B. were to go down, uh, Juju would become an absolute monster. And again, James Washington would just replace. So the Steelers are loaded on offense. They just got to get it settled on defense. Heading down to Miami, Devontae Parker could be active this week, uh, but would most likely see a limited role even if he does play. Uh, but keep an eye on this. Um, with Stills, Coming back down to earth last week, uh, Parker hasn't lost any any notion that he's still the number one receiver in Miami. So as long as he can come back and and get that rapport up with Tannehill, he should be fine. Mike Gesicki uh, was not targeted, um, so it's not Gesicki time yet for those of you uh, maybe holding out hope for the rookie tight end. But um, keep an eye on him moving out through the season uh, because I think once he once he uh, gains trust and, and gets some more games under his belt, he'll be all right. Frank Gore passed Curtis Martin for fourth all-time on the rushing yards list. I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast. Um, not a huge stats stat line for Frank. I think he's done having big games individually and, and in my opinion, not fantasy relevant at all. However, um, he's still accumulating stats overall and uh, will find himself in Canton as soon as he retires. So big up to my man, Frank Gore. And just a quick note on my guy, Kalen Balaj has been a healthy scratch for the first two NFL games. Um, I'm not super concerned about this. Basically, they just don't want to hold, you know, multiple running backs uh, right now. So it's fine. But any injuries or something happens to one of those running backs, um, Kalen Balaj will then eventually slot in. So he's young, um, but I still think by the, by year's end, he's going to make a difference on this team. For the Jets, Robbie Anderson, super concerning to me personally. I'll let, I'll let Daniel chime in a little bit more about Robbie Anderson as he was his uh, keeper in our, in our main league. Um, but I'm very concerned about Robbie Anderson, who has been out-targeted 21 to six by Quincy Anunua so far. Anunua has seen double digit targets in each of his first two games. So Sam Darnold and Quincy Anunua are off to a great start. And uh, Robbie Anderson, frankly, is just left in the dust right now. And to make matters worse, Terrell Pryor, who has, was kind of a, a, a letdown last year for sure. Um, Terrell Pryor is the number three receiver right now, which I think he will remain, but he looks good. And um, he had a 44 yard catch. Uh, he had another kind of silly miscommunication that led to an interception, but that would have been a big gain if he caught that one as well. So him and Darnold are starting to find their stride as well. So unless Robbie Anderson can really pick things up, I'd be concerned here. So if you were maybe shopping around, you might want to 
Might want to get rid of Robbie Anderson um, on the namesake right now, unless you can hold on to him and stash him. But I would not be playing him uh, for the next couple of weeks till you see something happen. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz will return week three. Thank goodness. The uh, Nick Foles experiment. We all know he crushed in the Super Bowl. Yo, respect, respect. Hell of a game. Beat Tom Brady. It's legendary. Um, he has been subpar these first two weeks. And outside of a couple fancy Philly specials, um, he has not really shown much in general in his NFL career, but certainly not this week. So the Eagles, I'm sure, are stoked to get back uh, their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. So he will suit up this week uh, in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, Darren Sproles will not. He will be out this week in uh, Philadelphia. And Jay Jai, who is practicing um, – potentially by the end of the week, but he did not practice Wednesday. So we'll see what happens to him uh, by by game time. But right now he's day-to-day. I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday. So keep an eye uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to see what happens with Jay Ajayi. But um, I'm concerned that he may miss time as well. And even if he plays, Corey Clement, I think, is a is a must-start uh, in the flex position for sure. And if Jay Ajayi misses and Sproles is out already, Corey Clement becomes an RB2. And you can even think about maybe uh, – maybe uh, suiting up Smallwood as well to get a boost in that in that uh, potent offense with Wentz back. Mike Wallace was also placed on the IR. Um, unfortunately, he is done for the, for the season with a broken fibula. Now, there's talks that maybe he won't be on the full IR, like he won't miss the entire season, but he's got a broken fibula. He has to miss eight weeks in general if he's on the IR, which brings him back at earliest week 11. Um, I'm done with, I'm not a Michael Wallace guy anyway. I think he's just a a boom bust guy. Um, but, uh, I would, I would just cut, cut bait with Mike Wallace unless you can stash him on an IR spot on your roster. And they re-signed, um, Jordan Matthews receiver, uh, who started his career in Philadelphia and should step into that slot receiver position. And Alshon Jeffrey is still week to week, uh, technically, but he could be back anytime, including this week, uh, probably next week for sure. Um, and they definitely need him with Wallace uh, out for the season. So monitor that situation. We saw what uh, Alshon and Wentz were able to do last year. So definitely positive um, with Wentz back about Alshon. In Tampa Bay, more Jameis drama. Um, basically, he's being sued by his Uber driver over, quote, emotional distress as well as future therapy expenses, end quote. Um, this shouldn't affect Winston's uh, NFL status, but Fitzmagic certainly is. Um, there's no guarantee that Jameis is even going to have a job when he comes back in week four. And what I said by the, at the beginning of the season was, I'm not even sure he's going to have a job period on the team. Um, when he comes back, uh, all of this off the field drama and uh, Fitzpatrick playing very, very well right now. Um, you know, Jameis is just kind of a loose cannon. Of course he's got the talent, but man, He's got to got to keep it together um, off the field as well, which he doesn't uh, seem to be doing so well. So keep an eye on Jameis Winston, um, but I'm not I'm not super optimistic right now. Although I do love Fitzpatrick, I think he's he's legit. Um, Fitzpatrick has become the third quarterback in league history with back to back 400 yard four touchdown games. Pretty unbelievable. Jacquez Rogers and Peyton Barber have combined for a very modest 21 carries, 35 yards, four catches. Three, uh, 30 yards to the air and nine targets. So Rojo may be getting a chance here before too long, although he has been a healthy scratch the last two weeks. So keep an eye there. Cameron Brait has had no catches for the second straight game. Not looking good for Cameron Brait at all. 
heading into Detroit, we've got um, the, this this Detroit receiving core, which is just absolute bananas. All three of them are incredible. Um, get your hands on any of these guys if you can. Kenny Galladay is probably the easiest to acquire off of waivers or a, a low trade, but they're all looking very, very good. So get yourself some Detroit receivers. And um, in San Francisco, Marquise Goodwin is still day-to-day at the time of this recording, but I'm confident he'll play this week. If not, definitely next week. Again, he's only dealing with a thigh bruise, so it's not a, a very significant injury. I think they're just trying to make sure he's fully healed before he goes because he is a speed guy, so he can't have any lower body ailments. And if he does not play, fire up Dante Pettis. Um, again, last week he had one great catch for 35 yards to start the game, and then they just went away from him the rest of the game, which is kind of concerning. But Dante Pettis is legit. Um, I watched him a lot in Washington being an Oregon Duck fan, and um, he's a hell of a player. So I believe in Dante Pettis, and I think he'll do well with or without Goodwin in the long run. But certainly if Goodwin misses, Pettis will jump up as that number one receiver. Uh, Matt Breida, believe it or not, leads the NFL currently with um, 184 yards over the first two weeks. Um, he is uh, crushing it right now, and um, Morris – Outtouched Brita by only two touches, 16 to 14. And, you know, Morris is getting the goal line work, kind of, but we saw him fumble in the first week there. Um, and if he's not able to convert, I could see Brita doing many, many things. So we saw Shanahan with the two running backs in Atlanta with Freeman and Coleman um, doing big things. And I think that Brita is taking that Coleman role. So he's just kind of a, a thorn in the side of Morris owners, but Brita's, Brita's the truth. So if you can go scoop him, um, you might want to put in a low trade or see if he's on waivers still. Probably not, but worth a look for sure. And I expect George Kittle to bounce back significantly against a pretty porous um, Kansas City defense. Uh, Jimmy G had only 26 pass attempts last week, so I see uh, I see Kittle to be somewhere between week one and week two with his output, but he'll, he should be fine. In Arizona, um, Larry Fitzgerald sat out most of the fourth quarter um, of week two as the Cardinals were getting absolutely embarrassed and shut out by the, the, the Rams. Um, and he's set up to play right now uh in in week two so he's missing some practices but i think that's just like a veteran health thing um but they're playing the bears and the the bears could could beat him up too so i'm I'm not very confident about fits in general i'm going to be sitting him this week so see if you can find yourself another option for fits this week in arizona and coach steve wilkes said that johnson uh, david johnson will run more run, uh, routes out of the slot moving forward um they need to get david johnson the ball any way possible uh, he hasn't done much so far, and obviously he's their best offensive weapon, so they need to get him the ball. Uh, but him lining up in the slot is kind of odd where that, that would be where Fitzgerald is. Um, Christian Kirk is on the outside, also running some slot stuff. So it's kind of a mess in Arizona on offense, but uh, you know we'll see what happens there. And, and, and no help by uh, Sam Bradford, who was 17 for 27 for 90 yards, only 90 yards last week against the Rams. Great defense, but yikes. Um, stash Josh Rosen, if possible, if you're in a deeper league, obviously in a dynasty leagues and things, uh, because I think the Sam Bradford experiment is going to be done sooner than later to at least give the Cardinals a chance on the Rams side. Um, Greg Zerline, uh, strained his groin in pregame warmup. So he actually sat out the contest and the Rams went for a handful of two point conversions, helping Gurley out. But, um, Zerloin is is about to be out for the next few weeks. It's undecided how many weeks, but uh, for the next three or four at least. Um, he's not on the IR, but uh, he's also not worth keeping. I would not keep him unless you have a very deep bench or if he gets put on the IR and you can put him in that slot. But right now, 
He's a kicker. Um, he hasn't been that amazing. So you can pick somebody up anyway in stream. I would not waste a, a bench spot unless you're able to uh, with Zerline. They did pick up um, kicker Sam Ficken, who also stepped in for Zerline at the end of last season. So maybe you swap out Zerline for Ficken and you still have that Rams kicker. Gurley uh, had cramps um, in week two and sat out most of the fourth quarter. But again, they were dismantling the Cardinals. They didn't need him. He got his three touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Um, Gurley's a beast. He'll be fine. And he should eat against the Bosa-less uh, Chargers defense, as I mentioned earlier in week three. So um, fire up Gurley. He should be totally fine. But it is always something to monitor when a player misses any time. But Gurley should be totally, totally all right and ready to roll for week three. Kick returner, Farrell Cooper for the Rams has been sent to the IR. And moving up the depth chart is our man, Josh Reynolds. So that's one that's one uh, domino to fall for Josh Reynolds. Stay tuned. In Oakland, Jared Cook came back down to earth in week two, um, but he's definitely in sync with Derek Carr catching 13 of his 16 targets so far in two games. Um, so he's a, he's a low-end tight end um, one but obvious upside. I mean, we saw him win the week last week, and uh, but I think most weeks will be like this last one where he just had four catches. Um, but he's he's definitely on par with with Derek Carr, and they're very accurate together. So keep an eye on um, Jared Cook. Jordy Nelson, on the other hand, is droppable. Uh, unfortunately, I love Jordy. He's been a legend in fantasy for many many years, but I think his uh, his clock has run out. Certainly in this offense, he was two of four. For thirty yards, um, no thanks. I'm I'm I don't have any Jordy Nelson anyway. But if you do, I would I would get rid of him. Maybe try to trade him low for a uh, namesake potentially. But I don't know what you're going to get for Jordy Nelson as of now, especially with Amari Cooper just blowing up. Um, Amari Cooper was ten of ten, ten of ten targets for one sixteen. My recommendation for Amari Cooper might be crazy. But I would sell high right now. Last year, we saw him have a 200-yard game, and the rest of the season were essentially duds. He's super talented. We all know that, but he's kind of a head case. He's very, very young still. Um, I don't know if he deals with adversary, adversity, good or bad, right now. And having a blow-up game like 10 for 10 after um, Gruden has been talking about all season is really promising, and that's great to see. However, if you're able to sell him high for someone like I don't know, like a a steady a steady um, player, like say one of the Lions or um, even like Emmanuel Sanders or somebody producing, um, maybe a package for like a Juju or something like that, um, I would do it because uh, people are going to be stoked on this output, and I don't see it happening many more times um, over the season. So be careful with Amari Cooper moving forward. Um, and Derek Carr was ridiculously accurate. Uh, throwing only one incompletion in the first half. So I don't think he'll be as in fuego uh, weekly moving forward. And a quick note on Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he had a little bit of illness last week, left the game a little bit early and things on the sidelines. He should be fine and ready to roll, but he's definitely game script dependent for sure. So be careful with, with beast mode. In New England, big story here, of course, is they acquired Josh Gordon. So... um the rich get richer here with the potential of Josh Gordon, but of course he hasn't done anything very promising outside of a couple of weeks um, in a few years. So we'll see what actually happens, but the new England basically picked him up for free here. They have a conditional fifth round pick. Um, if anything were to happen to Gordon uh, for the rest of the season, the, the, the Patriots actually get back a seventh round pick. It's ridiculous um, how they were able to pull this off. But essentially, he's able to suit up this week versus Detroit. I don't know that he will. And even if he does, he'll have a limited role. 
Um, but I could definitely see him uh, suiting up for sure in week four and being ready to go. And he'll have one week before Edelman comes back to really prove his worth in that offense because we know very well that that um, Brady can make anybody look gold. And a lot of people are comparing this to Randy Moss, of course, but I am not going to go and say that Josh Gordon currently is Randy Moss. Maybe a couple of years ago, you could have made the comparisons when he was on fire, but we haven't seen him do that consistently uh, over the last few seasons. However, if Josh Gordon can be a shade of himself a few years ago, um, he could put up some incredible numbers to Brady and obviously help out this offense. So by week five, the Patriots are going to be absolutely loaded with Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman coming back, Chris Hogan, and Gronkowski, not to mention three very capable running backs in Sony Michelle Burkhead and James White. So I'm not really super high on any of those offensive weapons outside of probably Gronk uh, because I just think the rest of them eat each other. However, um, you know, Tom Brady is going to be loaded here uh, after next week when um, Edelman comes back. So monitor this situation for sure. Burkhead played only 25% of the snaps last week with the arrival of Sony Michelle. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on here. Um, this is already a confusing backfield. It's that Patriots backfield. You don't know who to start, but usually they eat enough. However, so far, uh, James White has really been the highlight here. So keep an eye on Burkhead, Sony Michelle, and White. Um, however, I do like Sony Michelle to um, kind of shine out of the three-headed monster here moving forward. So acquire him if you're able to. I've got him on a bunch of my benches with Aaron Jones just kind of waiting it out. Um, and a quick note here that uh, New England has zero running back rushing touchdowns in the first two weeks. So none of these um, running backs have been able to rush into the end zone in the first two weeks. So hopefully that'll change moving forward. In Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette is expected to return to practice this week and therefore play, uh, but keep an eye on him, of course, and he is no no set to play the entire game anyway. Um, but keep an eye on Fournette. But if, if he's starting, obviously you're firing him up. And TJ Yeldon has an ankle ailment as well after last week's game. Doesn't seem too serious, but if either were to miss any time, you're firing up Corey Grant as a flex, especially in PPR uh, leagues. Um, he looked really good last week, uh, actually kind of outshining um, Yeldon, which I was surprised to see. But uh, Corey Grant could definitely step in as a flex, especially in PPR, if either one of these guys were to miss time for Jacksonville. Uh, note here on the offensive line, a very solid offensive line. Left tackle Cam Robinson suffered a really ugly torn ACL and is out for the season, and this will definitely affect the run game in Jacksonville, so be aware there. And Blake Bortles is just simply a a, a solid to good NFL quarterback and definitely a solid um, NFL or a fantasy option at the quarterback position. And uh, he just keeps doing it week after week. Um, I know, you know, everyone gives him crap. I am, I'm one of them as well, but he keeps putting up the numbers and um, in game scripts where, you know, they're, they're able to kind of run it up early. He seems to have a good first half and then let the running backs do the rest in the second half. So keep it on Bortles if you're, if you're streaming for sure. And plus matchups. And um, that being said, I would actually stick away from the receiving core outside of maybe uh, Keelan Cole, who's the top option, obviously made a hell of a catch, but, Outside of that catch um, was not super amazing, um, although he is the top option for Blake Bortles there. So there's just too many mouths to feed in uh, in Jacksonville, and, and I am just can't put all my eggs in a basket with Blake Bortles and one of those options. So be careful with the Jacksonville uh, wide receiving core. A couple more teams here. Um, the New York football giants um, have a very, very tough offensive line right now. Um, they looked absolutely horrendous on Sunday Night Football against Dallas. Dallas ate them up 
big time. I believe it was six sacks. Um, but they're hurting for sure. Uh, they looked miserable as a unit, and unfortunately, they lost center Joe Jalapio um, to a broken ankle in week two. So uh, they just got they just got even worse up the middle there. So Eli, I don't know how many people are starting Eli outside of two quarterback um, leagues, but be very careful with uh, Eli, who looked unfortunately um, scared, and we know he's not very mobile, but he was having to run every single snap. So. Keep an eye on that. And therefore, that receiving core is uh, not up to par right now. I mean, Odell's Odell, and he's going to get his. Um, but I'm definitely concerned about uh, Shepard, uh, who had high hopes for um, with Pat Shermer coming over, who did great things for Adam Thielen in the slot last year, but haven't really seen it from uh, Shepard this year. And he's the fourth fiddle behind uh, Odell, Saquon, and Evan Ingram. So keep an eye on that. Um the talent is definitely there for Sterling Shepard, but I'm, I'm worried that he's not going to get his looks, especially if Eli has no time to scan the field. So um, just just beware of, of the uh, lineup there. Of course, you're firing up Odell and Saquon every single week, but everybody else I would stay away from in the Giants offense. In Dallas, uh, the Cowboys have been one of the worst passing offenses. No surprises here. I think a lot of analysts, uh, you know, kind of decided that they weren't going to have any big moves um, after Dez and, and uh, Jason Witten left. But still, they've been pretty dismal. Um, so I would stay away from all Dallas wide receivers. And to muddy up the wide receiver waters even more, Dallas re-signed Bryce Butler, who actually spent the previous last uh, few seasons in Dallas. So maybe they're looking for some camaraderie with with Dez, or I'm I'm sorry, uh, camaraderie with Dak. Uh, we'll see what happens here. But um, you know, Zeke is Zeke, but he's definitely not getting any any help from Dak so far. I had high hopes for Dak. Um, he was one of my kind of breakout. Uh, candidates, but um, so far he is not looking very good. Last week he had just 160 yards through the air, so be very careful with this uh, Dallas Dallas offense outside of Zeke Elliott. And in Seattle, another another rough offense here. Um, Chris Carson is atop the uh, Seattle backfield according to Pete Carroll, but we all know he is kind of overly optimistic with his um, reports to the media. Uh, but the usage doesn't really reflect that. Um, because Carson didn't even receive a carry in the second half. Now the bears were up, uh, you know, a couple touchdowns on the, on the Seahawks on Monday night, but weren't completely blowing them out or anything. So they definitely could have gone to the run game a little bit more, but Carson did not receive a carry in the second half, which is definitely concerning. And, um, you know, Pete Carroll said that he was just absolutely gassed quote gassed um, because he was running on the special teams. It's like Pete, don't put your starting running back on the special teams, fool. Anyway, um, my uh, my kind of bold, crazy call uh, for Seattle to finish last in the division and for Pete Carroll to get fired um, is certainly on par as of week three. So keep an eye on that. Um, and keep an eye on Rashad Penny, who, who actually looked pretty decent last week. He didn't have uh, very big numbers, but he looked good on his runs. And Chris Carson doesn't look super amazing, although I don't hate him. But uh, this this backfield's really muddy. But just keep an eye if Rashad Penny can can kind of come out on top here in the next couple of weeks. He might be a might be a bright spot. Um, and Tyler Lockett has scored in both games uh, with Doug Baldwin being out, but um, he caught an amazing pass from Russell Wilson. It was an absolute dime over the defensive back in the back like foot corner of the the end zone it was an unbelievable pass and fell into the arms of Tyler Lockett for uh, his touchdown on Monday night. His other one was a bomb. So I'm just definitely worried about his consistency moving forward. Of course, he's got the big play capability, but I don't think 
um, that offense is able to sustain maybe like a Deshaun Jackson, Tyreek Hill type of performance week in and week out for Tyler Lockett. So he's going to have his weeks for sure, but um, be be careful with him. And, and if and when uh, Baldwin actually comes back, I think he's going to kind of fade away. And even so, I think the reemergence of uh, veteran Brandon Marshall um, – you know, has has kind of uh, taken away a little bit from Tyler Lockett. But also, if Tyler Lockett is that number one, while Baldwin sits out, it might actually create um, a little distraction from him and, and maybe Marshall can take off some of the heat for some big plays there. But either way, I'm, I'm staying away. I've been staying it all offseason. Outside of Russell Wilson, if you have him, you're, you're playing him, of course. You probably don't have a better option. But outside of him, I'm staying away from all of Seattle's offense personally. Will Disley, who is kind of the new hotness at tight end position, um, has six catches for 147 yards, two touchdowns, and 10 targets over the first two weeks, and is definitely the top pass-catching option so far as far as stats go for Seattle. So keep an eye on him. It looks like he's a, if he's a fluke, he's a two-week fluke. But, uh, you know, third becomes, uh, becomes something to look at. So if he can go off again this week, keep an eye on Will Disley for sure. Uh, last team here, Chicago Bears. Um, Trubisky has had flashes of looking pretty solid in the first halves of both games uh, versus Green Bay and also uh, versus Seattle, but he can't maintain it over a whole game. So I'm, I'm definitely concerned about the rest of the weapons that um, that the Bears have simply because of Trubisky. I'm not worried about the weapons themselves, but Trubisky definitely makes me nervous. So keep an eye on him moving forward. Um, he's made some really good plays, uh, but he's also made some just kind of silly bonehead plays as well. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little, I'm a little nervous of, uh, of the pass catchers there and, and, and Robinson, Trey Burton, Anthony Miller, um, and, uh, and, and the backfield as well, because, you know, Trubisky isn't exactly scary, um, to speak on Trey Burton, uh, he had four catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, but the touchdown, as I mentioned last episode was kind of one of those Matt Nagy um, kind of fun, just like, you know, RPO flip Brett Favre two two yard flip pass for the, the score there. Um, so we'll see what happens with Burton, but he is not getting targeted very much. And, and as a Burton owner, I'm definitely concerned. I, I was up in him big time as many analysts were um, in the preseason, but uh, not really coming to fruition yet. So be careful with Trey Burton um, and maybe, you know, uh, I would hold tight on him, but at the same time, you know, keep an eye on him for the next couple of weeks. Jordan Howard is a beast, but, um, you know, he needs to get more work. And thankfully, Coach Matt Nagy said that he needs to get uh, Jordan Howard more carries. Again, for the third time in this episode, duh, this is coach speak where you read it and you're just kind of like, obviously, dude. But um, Jordan Howard is already averaging 19 carries per game. So if he can get a few more, uh, to quote Cosmo Kramer, giddy up. Tariq Cohen uh, unfortunately left the fourth quarter with an ankle injury, but he seems to be just fine and was uh, dancing in the locker room apparently after the win over Seattle. So he should be just fine, but just something to note um, that Tariq Cohen uh, hasn't been too too amazing anyway uh, over the first couple of games. Um, but, uh, you know, definitely a PPR option and uh, playing a pretty horrendous Arizona defense next week. Um. Allen Robinson uh, got a healthy target share, um, but Trey Burton and Anthony Miller got the touchdowns. Uh, Burton caught all four of his targets uh, along with that touchdown. Um, so Allen Robinson had a great had a great uh, game with uh, you know ten targets, but um, you know it was nice to see him back on the field and kind of getting that that wide receiver one workload. Um, and and him and Trubisky looked pretty solid, but uh, again, just 
you know, stay, stay even keel with these, with these bears, uh, receivers, um, in Chicago. Well, that'll do it for the news and notes for week two, heading into week three on tomorrow's pod. We'll have Curly join us again to recap our fantasy teams and make our week three NFL picks until we hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Email us at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thecandlestickkids, hashtag TCKpod. And remember, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Don't screw up. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.